Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. On this episode of Big Boys Don't Cry, we discuss the 2005 film Just Like Heaven. You don't have to have seen the film to enjoy the podcast, but if you do listen without having seen it, just be aware there may be spoilers. Enjoy. Hello there. Hello. Were you going to sing a bit of The Cure at me or no? I was tempted, but my voice is feeling a bit bit rough today. I would do, but I don't think I can do Robert Smith justice, to be perfectly honest. You, you, you've got the same name as him. Of course you can. And you're from <laughs> very close to him. Yes, I am. I am very close to The Cure's home place. Who would have thought that anyone from Crawley would end up having a song in a Hollywood film? <laughs> or having a Hollywood film with the same title as one of their songs. Indeed, indeed. Um, before we get started, what a song, by the way. It's one of my favourite Cure songs. It's very, very good. And what's so brilliant about it is the interplay between the vocal melody and the instrumental melodies. You don't think it's like you get him singing the chorus line and then as soon as he's done, you're just like a dream. And then the piano kicks in or whatever it is. It's I might have to do a lo-fi cover of it because it's, it's one of my faves. It's um yeah, I one thing that people rarely talk about with the cure is how brilliantly they managed to bring about simple, catchy sort of melodies and build them into these complex, amazing, nuanced songs where people always think about the big hits. But when you think about songs like Just Like Heaven or like the entirety of of Disintegration, which is, in my opinion, one of the best albums of all time, um, it's made up of these simplistic elements that form to make something complex and brilliant. Yeah. And I think that's one of the real skills that The Cure has as a band. Absolutely, 100%. And that is apparent in all their work, even the stuff that's more accessible and that's, some of their stuff is a lot less accessible, but that is still, the genius of it is always still there, I think. Yeah. Have you ever seen them live? Yes, I have. They were brilliant. I have not. The one thing that I really liked was that Robert Smith fucked up the guitar on one of the songs and had a little laugh about it. Whereas you, you see some people when they play live and they make a mistake like that and they're just like, oh my God, it's ruined forever. No, Chad Robert Smith doesn't care. He cracks on and it's still great. Yeah, some people are just humorless when they play live, aren't they? And the Cure were, were great. Really, really good. Um, yeah, saw them at Bestival, however many years ago it was that I saw them at Bestival. And yeah, one of the best live shows I've ever seen, I think. Excellent. Did they play the Love Cats? I don't remember if they played Love Cats. Good, because I hate that song. I like everything <laughs> else they've ever done, but that song can go away. I like Love Cats, and I like it more now because I know you hate it. Yeah, I don't know what it is. I think when I first heard it, I was like, okay, this is fine. It's kind of a jaunty, cheesy song that sounds like it's from, I don't know, some jazz movie. And then, I don't mean pornography, I mean like an actual jazz film, you know, from like the 30s or 40s. It would have had this kind of thing in it. Um, yes, yeah. But yeah, I, it's the, because people like it that I hate it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Is it is it that there's the potential for lads to sing along to it? Is yes. that what bring is that what drives the hatred, do you think? Yeah, definitely. Because it's got the <laughs> Yeah. You can imagine a bunch of a bunch of lads singing it. I definitely maybe have a memory of it being played at an indie club night and yeah, a bunch of lads bopping along to it. But the the lady lads, <laughs> the ladettes like it as well. The lady lads. Yeah. Not as much, you know, they they maybe can't get down with a bit of Chelsea Dagger or um, what are the other kind of idiot songs? That, that anything by Kasabian. Anything by Kasabian. <laughs> that hold up the, the extremely British tradition of like singing along to the instrumental bit of a song. Like, any any bit in any song, a British man or, or ladette, to be fair, 
a lady lad can do it too and find, can find that bit of a song and sing along to it. Yeah. No, songs do not need words to be sing-alongs. That's, that's completely right. It's a very British tradition. We invented that noble art. <laughs> we did. We did. Did you know that it peaked at number 27 in the Danish charts in 2009 for some reason? <laughs> <laughs> Must have been in some Danish film. Yeah. Um, speaking of films, then <laughs> this week we're watching a film. It's called Just Like Heaven. It's called Just Like Heaven. And you think, oh, is it going to use the song Just Like Heaven by The Cure that it's named after? And it does. But it, it opens with a nice, smooth cover of it. And then the real the Cure version is on the credits. I thought that was a nice bookend to it. Yes. Yes, I agree. I agree. So this you had not seen this film before? I had not seen it before, no. But it stars two people that I like a lot. Um, I like Reese Witherspoon. And I like Mark Ruffalo. And it was a pleasant experience. I like dessert with a spoon. <laughs> yeah, Reese with a spoon is something that should be some kind of instruction in a um, in a recipe. Isn't yeah, it? <laughs> yeah. I I I like this film. I think we used to have a DVD of it. Believe it or oh, not. Oh, really? Oh. Yeah, my it was my wife's. Um, she is a huge fan of Reese with a spoon. She's like one of her idols. And we had a DVD of this film, we used to watch it occasionally. We hadn't seen it for a long time. Well, I, I hadn't seen this for a long time and I couldn't remember loads of the detail. And I was kind of pleasantly surprised by it. You know, it's a nice cheesy palate cleanser, isn't it? After a month of Rob Schneider, dare I say his name again. <laughs> After a month of he who shall not be schneid, yeah. um, it was nice to watch something wholesome. And this is a wholesome film. Schneidermort. Um, it's Schneidermort. Um, it's uh, it's a nice movie, full of nice stuff. It's 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 got a good silly conceit for a for a romantic movie. I think the concept is good, and what I didn't know until I looked at the background of it for when we were going to watch it for the show is that it's based on a French book. And then part of you reads it, and you're like, yeah, I could I could totally see that. This is definitely <laughs> this is the kind very of thing French. a French guy would write. Yeah, this is extremely French in its approach, isn't it? I mean, why is there not a Vincent Cassel movie of it? Yeah. <laughs> or Gérard Depardieu. Or Gérard Depardieu, oui. Yeah. Oui. Monsieur Depardieu. But there are a few other films that are adapted from French books into English-speaking films that are, that are like that, aren't there? I'm thinking of... Yeah, yeah. There's that one, Untouchable. Did you see that one? Oh yes, untouchable with the yep, the I old man and the yeah that like that's not a rom com obviously but tonally there was something similar about it that I think it also yeah it owes to the adaptation from a French source text yeah I think there's something there's there's a real French tone to things isn't there and you can kind of spot it when you're when you're looking at things so like, untouchable was, was the French movie and then the adaptation into an English film that wasn't as good I can't remember what it was called anyway. I was thinking of that when I was thinking, yeah, there's a there's a kind of a lightness and a playfulness to it, but also an underlying seriousness that comes out in the right moments. Yeah, I think that's right, where it's... And dealing with tricky stuff. It is. It's It's got some stuff where you'd want to, you'd want to be, you know, quite careful with it. You know, this is talking about things like, um, you know, um, bodily autonomy and you know, death and life and things like that, but it's all wrapped up in Mark Ruffalo in an apartment drinking a beer. Yeah. It's gotta have the beer. It's gotta gotta have he's Mark Ruffalo. That's what he does. <laughs> so I believe on the last episode you did you were not aware that Mark Ruffalo is the current Hulk. I, I did not know that. I'd I can't keep up with all these all these Hulks. They're a changing all the time. <laughs> the Hulks they are a changing. They're like London buses. Yeah, I, um, I still thought that Eric Banner was the Hulk, which was probably like twenty years ago. So, <laughs> so, so here's here's a brief history of the Hulk. Um, so Eric Banner was was the Hulk in the movie Hulk, um, which was the Ang Lee one, um, which is the the subject of a very very funny joke by the, um, yeah, yeah, by what's his face, Stuart Lee, Stuart yeah. Lee. Um, no relation to Ang Lee, obviously. <laughs> no. Which I think is a movie that's a bit underrated. The Ang Lee. I think Hulk I film. went to see that in the cinema, and I liked it. 
there's lots of there's lots of weird stylistic things to make it feel like a comic book and i wish we saw more of that but you saw that kind of thing in like the the um sam raimi spider-man movies as well yeah. And, and Ang Lee really took it to an extreme and it was quite interesting where the main problem with with the Hulk movie was the the sort of villain and the plot kind of fell apart a bit at the end but it was an interesting film and I think it deserves deserves more love than it got I think um so what happened after that which is definitely the last Hulk film that I saw <laughs> so after that as part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe um, when they were building that out, they did a Hulk movie with our boy um, Edward Norton as as Bruce Banner slash the Hulk oh. himself. However, after that movie, he dropped out of the Marvel Cinematic Universe and they replaced him with, with Mark Ruffalo, who is still the Hulk. Oh, and when was that? Um, so in 2008 was uh, The Incredible Hulk starring um, Edward Norton, which is a, a, a perfectly cromulent um, action movie. But it's a, it's a Marvel movie, but it's in that first era of them where they were doing stuff that was vaguely different rather than just sticking to a cookie cutter template. So it was quite good. Um, and then Mark Ruffalo was uh, came in. I'm not sure when Mark Ruffalo came in. I think it was for the Avengers. Right. Is the Hulk an Avenger? He is an Avenger, yes. Right, I see. You can, you can tell I know loads about Marvel. <laughs> Mr. Comic Books doesn't know Marvel. Mr. Comic Book Guy over here, yeah. I know all about <laughs> the how the Avengers and how they avenge and what avenging means and stuff. It's, it's all sort of... Um... There's always something to avenge, isn't there? It's funny because really they're they're kind of a proactive group anyway, rather than being avengers of stuff. So when problems turn up, they go and try and stop the problems rather than then acting afterwards. Yeah, but the kind of the, the proactive crime solving guys doesn't really have the same ring to it. Does it? <laughs> That's what they should call it: proactive crime solving guys. Like the Justice League is a better name. Better name? I don't know. It's it's a better name, but it's also a worse name. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Justice League. Because they are trying to bring about justice. Uh, Or or rather stop injustice, I suppose, is the main thing. Because, again, they're not turning up after the fact and being like, right, let's go get some revenge on this guy. It is, is, yeah, it's a a proactive thing. Something's happening and then out comes the Justice League and the Batman throws a batarang at it. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, so... Justice League. So so the the Roughman... As he's known friends. So you like him as the Hulk? He's a good Hulk, yeah. He's got a lot of character, um, which is nice. He's a bit of a cheeky... And do you yeah. like him when he's angry? Everyone loves him when he's angry. He's one of the few bits of the Marvel Cinematic Universe that is quite good fun. Um, because the Hulk is obviously fun. He's just there and, and, and being fun. And one great thing about Mark Ruffalo is that he keeps deliberately spoiling stuff from the movies before they come out. And, and PR <laughs> keeps trying to have to shut him up. <laughs> Which is very, very funny. He's That's always, funny. he's always accidentally re- revealing stuff about the movies that he's being in. Um, I appreciate that. Yeah. Like Mark Ruffalo great. to me, I've only ever really seen him in these kind of films. And I know that he actually does loads of different stuff and he did loads of stuff on the stage and like he has a really interesting CV, but I've only ever really seen him in these kind of roles. And he's always, okay. he's always good. Yeah, yeah. He's, a, he's an interesting guy and he's been in some really interesting stuff over the years um, where um, you're looking at sort of, you know, b- bits and bobs like... Um, like 13 going on 30 is in isn't it and just like heaven yeah has it those kind of those kind of bits and bobs did we do that or have i just seen half of that when it's been on the television (laughs) i don't think we've done rumor has it no but we should do that's got that's got mark ruffalo so it's 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 worthy have we done 13 going on 30 we haven't done 13 going on 30 i mean that fits quite well because that's another weird fantasy thing with um with uh, with some romance in it, um, but but he's also in all of these big cinematic movies, you know, these real serious films. Like he's in Zodiac, which is a great movie. I don't know if you've ever seen David Fincher's Zodiac. No, that's the one about Ted Cruz, right? <laughs> that's exactly right. Yeah, 
um but yeah he's in he's in zodiac it's just really good he's one of the one of the investigators um he's in uh yeah he's in silly vaguely silly movies like brian johnson's the brothers bloom which also has um adrian brody and rachel vice in which is the one i've seen him in is begin again which is where he's with kira knightley we should talk about that at some point and she's a singer-songwriter and he's some like record label guy and it sounds bad but it's actually not bad uh, okay it's by the guy who made once which we should also talk about There's we so should talk about, talk about once there's so many things to talk about and then recently he was in dark waters um which is is that um, a film or is that just like he was in some dark waters <laughs> he just fell in a pond yeah <laughs> at night uh, <laughs> yeah um which is about um dodgy dodgy capitalist scumbags in america i think it's based on a true story um and he's a he's a lawyer He's trying dodgy to... capitalist scumbags that couldn't be based on a true story <laughs> dodgy capitalist scumbags in america never heard of such a thing um and yeah it's apparently apparently very good i've not seen it so he's in all of these very big critically acclaimed movies very serious and deep and nuanced but then also he gets to smash the thing up as hulk and he gets to be a little a little rom-com man as well although i've get not you seen a man him who in... can do both yeah i've not seen him in any other romantic comedy stuff of late no, I think he hasn't done much of that recently. No, no. Um, so, Mark Ruffalo, come back. Come back to the world of rom-coms. We want you back, please. We want you. And thank you for being a better Mark than Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> That's true. He is a better Mark than Mark Wahlberg. Hollywood Marks. He's he's one of he's top five, I reckon. <laughs> Hollywood Marks. He's certainly one of them. What other... What other... What other... Uh, Hollywood marks are there. There's Mark Hamill. Mark Hamill, yeah, he he's pr- probably top five, even just just for his kind of his sense of humour. I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's go to IMDb. Surely, surely there's a surely there's a there's a celebrities named Mark list. Um, <laughs> it's, that's like that um that Billy Eichner sketch where he walks up to someone in the street and says name a woman and they can't because like, <laughs> it's like name a woman anyone when you're under pressure yes, it's just that's like, very yeah. good um <laughs> name I've a got mark a, I've got a list up from IMDb celebrities named Mark and you know what the first <laughs> one is Mark Twain <laughs> <laughs> Mark Twain's IMDb page huge we've got Mark Zuckerberg on this list oh. as well. Surely he doesn't have an IMDb entry, unless that horrible thing of his metaverse um, avatar <laughs> counts as a movie. Well, I wonder if maybe he's been in documentaries, or maybe he had some kind of production role on the social network. Or if someone's play, if someone played him, does that count? He has two acting credits. Something oh, called no. Janet in Search of Heaven. Um. Is this an NFT thing? Is this how like all the NFT people are now trying to make cartoons with their NFT characters in to try and prove that it's n- <laughs> not like a, a cynical, speculate speculative bunch of exploitative criminal nonsense? Is that what this is? And then he Mark also... Zuckerberg been voicing some NFTs. <laughs> I'm sure he has. I'm sure he's been in on the NFT scam, hasn't he? Um, but he's also voices himself in an episode of The Simpsons. Oh. Um so Jenna in Search of Heaven is a, a, a an Indian movie, a romantic crime film. Okay. I don't know how and where Mark Zuckerberg turns up in it. This this is where something's been tagged with the wrong message. Surely. That's not surely, real. Surely Mark Zuckerberg doesn't turn up in this movie. Um but then he Citation does Citation needed. He voices himself in in one episode of The Simpsons as well. Because The Simpsons loves inserting celebrities in and then and then giving them heaps of praise for no reason, um, and then yeah, just lots of stuff where he's himself. So yeah, he does have an Standard. IMDb page, but it's mainly just for one Simpsons appearance. So okay. getting into so Mark actual... Ruffalo, much better than so... every Mark we've heard so far. Is he the best Mark? Is well, let's have a look. Going? We've got Mark Strong, Mark Rylance. Oh yeah, yeah. Mark okay. Gattis. Again, not as good as Mark Ruffalo, yeah. I'd say. No, but, a, no. but a, a suitable Mark. Very different. Vin Diesel is on this list because his original name is Mark Sinclair, of course. Mark Diesel. This is Mark his real D- name. Mark Diesel. 
I thought Vin Diesel was his real name. That's really disappointing. <laughs> I'm sorry to, to break that for you. Um, yeah, I can't see a better mark. Listeners, let us know if there's a better mark than Mark. If there's a better name. mark out there. Can't find a better mark. That's a Pearl Jam song. <laughs> anyway, Mark Ruffalo's good in this. Do you, do you like him in Just Like Heaven? I like him in this. He brings his Ruffalo energy to this movie, doesn't he? Big rough energy. He's He's got that kind of um, relaxed, approachable teddy bear of a man energy, which he brings to all of these kind of movies that he's in. Yeah. What I'd like to see is Mark Ruffalo in a rough. <laughs> Hello, rough. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, he's, he's, he's really good in this. And I think, you know, like I said, it's that kind of that kind of energy that he brings to this movie where it's a much more comforting character than you often get. Yeah. I thought this was going to be more intense than it was, or very different, because in my head I've mixed it up with some other film that I can't even remember where the setup is kind of like this, except the woman is a witch. And it's not Reese Witherspoon, it's something else, and I have no <laughs> idea what it is. Something where something with witches. Okay. Yeah. Mysterious. But it's definitely like a light-hearted rom-com, but the woman is a witch. Try and try and find uh, try and find it. I'll try and find it because it might work for Halloween. But um, yeah, so I thought this one might have been a good transition into Halloween, but it's too it's too early for that. But it wasn't it wasn't like that at all, really, was it? No, no, it's a really um, it's a really nice movie, and I think you've got this really good balance between Mark Ruffalo's character and Reese Witherspoon's character too, where she's much more sort of highly strung and and energetic as a character. Then versus the more um, more relaxed energy of Mark Ruffalo's character, and it works really well. They work as a good odd couple here. Yeah, I, I'd say that you know it's predictable. You you can see exactly oh, where yes. it's going, but that's you know that's what you want from this kind of film, isn't it? Yeah, it's exactly what you want. You want something where you kind of know where it's going to go, and it still has a the odd twist and turn here, here and there, but um, but yeah, you you kind of expect. Where it goes is where you expect it to be. Yeah, absolutely. And that's not a bad thing. You know, that's that's ultimately what is the romantic comedy genre's greatest strength and the reason also why people tend to dismiss it as well. And part of why we did the show, to, to prove that there is always kind of more depth to it than you think, right? Yeah, yeah, 100%. It's got that. It's a, it's a comforting watch, but there is more to it necessarily than... Than meets the eye, um, because it does have that strange sort of fantasy element to it, which is nice. Um, where you do have this kind of um, this existential side of this movie, I suppose, where Reese Witherspoon is in a coma. She's a doctor, and she she has a she's in a car accident, and then is in a coma, and so her spirit is back at her apartment, and it's quite. It's quite interesting how quickly Mark Ruffalo's character just accepts this as reality. <laughs> yeah. He tries to fight it for just enough time, doesn't he? Yeah, and then is like, well, this is my life now. <laughs> and just cracks on with it, which I appreciate. Um, and yeah, it's 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 very, you know, it's a very French attitude, I suppose. It's like, oh, there's a there's a there's a ghost of a woman in my apartment now. Well, better fall in love with her. That's the French way. Yeah. Uh, my Google search for romantic comedies with witches has turned up no good results. Enchanted, Shrek Forever After, Nanny McPhee. This this is all bullshit. Does this Nanny is... McPhee have romance in it? I sincerely hope not. Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> you know, none of these are the kind of are the film that I'm looking for. I'm never going to find it. Listeners, if you if you know, it's a film that's a bit like Just Like Heaven, similar era, similar kind of setup, but the woman is a witch. I'm certain that this film exists and I haven't just made it up. Do you remember who was in it or anything like that? No. <laughs> Anyhow. <laughs> the Lake House, that's got sort of time travel in it. I don't think it's got any witches in it. No. Anyway, in this, Reese Witherspoon is not a witch, but she is, you know, a well a well-drawn character and her performance is good and she appears as a sort of ghost, but it's never scary. There is one bit where she's in the refrigerator. <laughs> yes, there's a bit where she's in a refrigerator. And there's also a good bit where she's just singing at the top of her voice to really annoy Mark Ruffalo because he's, he's ignoring her. Yeah. I enjoyed that. that That's was funny. Good. 
it's yeah it's it's a there, there's some good back and forth there and i kind of wish there was more of that before it gets into the actual plot where i think this movie was at their best where mark ruffalo was trying to ignore the the spirit of reese witherspoon in this apartment i think that was the most enjoyable part of the film that was the funniest kind of back and forth bit yeah um and then it gets into i've got to to stop her from being taken off life support what have you um and it got a gets a little bit too serious for my liking i think i think almost i would have enjoyed this movie more if she was a full-on ghost yeah and did some a lot of like haunty stuff yeah yeah like um a, a less a less horny version of ghost essentially yeah <laughs> and a, fun, a funnier less horny version of that i think would have been quite quite good yeah because ghost is horny but it's also quite dour isn't it yeah it's good yeah i remember when we talked about it i remember i did find it an enjoyable experience but it's very serious yeah that's completely right it's a very serious movie there's not a lot of humor in it and there's some some horrifying <laughs> moments in it as well if you if you remember um yeah with the with the the guy being dragged off into like the spirit realm by ghosts um that was that was something yeah you're not thinking of city of angels are you no the nicholas cage movie about a fallen angel who falls cage. In love. uh no but that also sounds good i've never seen that <laughs> i've not seen it either but it turns up every so often i'm like oh i should watch that at some point no i found it Bewitched, 2005, Will Ferrell and Nicole Kidman. That's the one. Oh, the Bewitched movie? Yes. Oh, okay. That's the one that I was thinking of. Yes. Co-written, produced, and directed by Nora Ephron. What? This we need, This we gotta see. Same year as this, as Just Like Heaven and everything. I don't know if I've ever even actually seen this. <laughs> no, it's, it's like a pseudo-remake of Bewitched, but kind of a meta-remake of Bewitched, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's right. Based so, uh, on the TV show, yeah. Where he's... Isn't he going to act in it? But then it turns out that his co-star is an actual witch or something like that. It's something like that, yeah. So it's it's the rom-com version of that horror movie with Willem Dafoe in where he plays Max Shrek in the making of Nosferatu. Oh, which one's that? Antichrist? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, <laughs> Just to drop that uh, one in there. It's... Um, What's it called? Shadow of the Vampire. Did we talk about this in the in the podcast at some point? No, I think that was one you threatened before? me with. You threatened me with a good time. It's a really interesting movie. It's it's kind of a a horror comedy, but the blackest possible horror comedy. Okay. Where um it where John Malkovich is playing um uh Friedrich Murnau. And it turns out that when he found an actor to play Nosferatu, he dug up an actual vampire <laughs> played by Willem Dafoe. Um, and it's it's really really good. Um, it's yeah, it's it's a it's a horrible movie, but at the same time, really um, really interesting and really funny because it's how do we hide this actual vampire during the production of a movie? Um, yeah, it's it's very yeah it's a really interesting film so yeah i, I guess bewitched is the rom-com version of that. yes i'm actually very happy that i found this film that i that i confused it with in, this film with in my head and then the, it's, it's maybe not horror enough for for um halloween month but i think we should watch it at some point yeah we could, we could just drop that in at any point whenever we feel like it's been too long since we've talked about a will ferrell film we'll get back to that Holmes yeah. and watson is yeah. still in still it still pops into my head occasionally Sometimes I still have an image of Will Ferrell urinating in the street. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I enjoyed that movie a lot more than I thought I would. I did, yeah. Go back um, to episode 251, Holmes and Watson. It's a film that seems to be universally hated, but that we loved. So that tells you a lot about <laughs> our, our approach to films. Yeah, I've got, I've, got zero, I've got zero qualms about saying how much I enjoyed that movie. It was far funnier than people said it was. Um... This movie has um, Napoleon Dynamite Man in it. Does it? Yeah, John Heater's in it. John Heater. He, he, played, he played, played Napoleon Dynamite. He, he is the titular Dynamite Man. Oh, who was he in this? He's the weird pseudo-psychic man who turns up. And oh, is, is that like, was him. Yeah. I thought I recognised him from somewhere. And I was going, I recognise that guy, but I can't place his face. Napoleon Dynamite, of course. Yeah, he's Napoleon Dynamite, also in The Benchwarmers, the Rob Schneider comedy. Oh, good, yeah. Um, the only <laughs> film about baseball that I haven't seen. 
<laughs> it's also apparently in a Tremors sequel called Tremors Shrieker Island. Shrieker Island. <laughs> when a group of hunters genetically modify graboid eggs, they face an all-out war against the larger, terrifyingly intelligent graboids and the swiftly multiplying Shriekers. Ooh. Is Kevin Bacon in it? No, I don't think Kevin Bacon's been in any other than the first one. This was his first role after Napoleon Dynamite. Oh, really? Well, there we go. What do you think of Napoleon Dynamite? It's all right. I think I think it's a little bit overdone. It's the kind of cult movie that I think too many people saw, if that makes sense. And kind of, it became oversaturated. Very good way to put it. Couldn't have put um, it And it became... Myself. It became oversaturated and was referenced too many times by things that kind of took away from the the strange joy of the movie, where it's 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 kind of Napoleon Dynamite is great at dropping you into the lives of these very strange but charismatic people, um, whereas I think a lot of the reason that bits of it became popular is those kind of snapshots of ha ha isn't this guy weird or ha ha funny dance. Yeah, which I think takes away from the the joy of watching it. It's the kind of film that yeah, three people should watch and never speak of it again for it to maintain its true brilliance. <laughs> a bit like Eagle versus Shark. You seen that one? Yeah, it's a very yeah, similar, similar film. Really, and and similar tones as well. They have a real similar vibe to them. Yeah, which you know only got popular because the guys then went on to do Flight of the Concords. If it wasn't for Flight yes, of the Concords, no yeah. one would have seen that film. I'm sure I wouldn't have seen it. Yeah. No, no, exactly. You know, it's something that people picked up after, after the fact. Yeah. Oh, well, there he is. I knew I recognised that face. And he was he was good in this as the kind of sonary yes. psychic man. He brought some much-needed levity to some of the more serious scenes, I thought. Yes, yeah. And I thought um, Donald Logue did similar, who um, is... Uh, Dirtbag Best Friend. In Blade. Yes, Bad Best Friend. The iconic role that must be in every rom-com. <laughs> It's got to be in every rom-com. Um, who, yeah, he um, he's one of the one of the bad guys in Blade. Ah, I didn't know that. Um, Again, I recognise his face, but I'm like, I couldn't could not tell you where from. Is where I I recognise him from, and he was in a recent Resident Evil movie, which isn't part of the Resident Evil movies that Paul W S Anderson makes. Oh, boo! Him. Who's directed that then? It's a different Johannes Roberts. Who also directed 47 Meters Down, Uncaged, and 47 Meters Down, which are, f- are fun shark movies. To be fair, they are fun shark movies. I've watched 47 Meters Down, Uncaged. I mean, how fun can a shark movie be? Very fun. I've seen Have half you? of The Meg. <laughs> that was all right. Uh, yeah, that was an enjoyable movie. It needed more people getting eaten by a shark, though, strangely yeah. enough, for a shark movie. There weren't enough people getting eaten by sharks there was too much dicking around in the science submarine thing yeah not enough rain wilson's men getting eaten by sharks yeah that was the main problem with that movie which is not what i expected going into it i was expecting going into it for it to be full of people getting eaten by sharks like the piranha movies where it's just full of people getting eaten by piranhas yeah um not enough people getting eaten by the giant shark do better, do better next time with the Meg 2, which I think they're making, aren't they? I believe so, yes. Hopefully we'll get Statham back. Of course. He's going to punch a shark. He's going to punch two sharks this time. Wait, hold on a second. What? I've just looked up Meg 2. It's being directed by Ben Wheatley, the guy who did what? the high-rise adaptation and kill list. And, and sightseers, and yeah, and sightseers, and free fire. What on earth is he doing directing the Meg Two? <laughs> that is incredible! Wow, wow. Well, nice. I will look forward to that. <laughs> okay, I love it when these kind of niche directors get their hands on a giant silly monster movie, like the guy who's directed um, the last two Godzilla movies. Got his starts making. In fact, did we watch? Did We've we never done a Godzilla. No, but did we watch... Um, oh, what's it called? The um, Who's the man who was in... Um, <coughs> posh, posh, posh Manor TV show? Who was then... <laughs> Downton in, Abbey. 
Yeah, the Downton Abbey man who was then in um Hugh Bonneville. No, who who then turned Dan up Stevens. in yeah, Dan Stevens, Beauty and the Beast Man. Oh, our main man, Dan Stevens. How uh, could you our forget? Main, <laughs> our main him. man, Dan, who I do, I do love. Um, did we talk about the guest on this podcast? No, we Halloween never months? talked about the guest. Although in um, in Beauty and the Beast, they do sing "Be Our Guest." Be our guest. But he's not involved in that. He is not a he's guest. Too busy being a sexy beast off screen. <laughs> It's not a guest that you want. Um, yeah, the director of that movie, which is a really interesting pastiche of like uh, 80s horror movies, I guess. Um, Adam Wingard is his name. and Oh, he, yeah, your, your favourite guy. Who I, I really like a lot of his movies. Um, your Next is a, is a brilliant film. Uh, the Guest is really good. His Blair Witch movie wasn't so good, but it was still enjoyable. Um, but, uh, but yeah, he did Godzilla vs. Kong last year. And he's doing Godzilla vs. Kong 2, which is filming at the moment. And I love it when these these strange directors who have a really unique take have a chance to direct these big old movies. As long yeah. as that's then not what as long as it's not the only thing they do from that point on. Like I, I, I Which want, is what happened to Taika Waititi. That's true. That's true. Which yeah, because yeah, to be fair, I've not really seen much of his stuff in the Marvel and whatever because I don't, I don't watch Marvel. <laughs> yeah. but I will be watching his adaptation of the Incal, which looks good. Yeah, I'm intrigued about that. Um, and didn't he, didn't he write the screenplay or was involved in the writing of the screenplay for the upcoming um, Akira movie, which I think he might be directing as well. Yeah, um, which I, I wouldn't necessarily pick him to do. <laughs> to do Akira. Akira is a very dark story and it's meant to be really unnerving. I hope it's just like him cutting to like him in a different shirt over Canada. and over and going, Tetsuo! Canada! Because like, <laughs> that would actually entertain yeah, me yeah. quite a lot. It would be um, it would be enjoyable but at the same time Akira is a really I don't know, it's a really complex and very serious movie whereas Waititi's skill is it bringing those moments of comedic humanity out of those kind of dangerous moments where like jo- jojo rabbit i'm just more worried about how they're going to do all that gloop stuff. oh it's going to be horrible cgi that that ages horrendously within one second <laughs> that's that's what it's going to be yeah <laughs> um because yeah because when you when you look at when he's handled kind of horror stuff before you're looking at like what we do in the shadows um, which is great. I don't have you seen what we do in the shadows? No, I've never seen it. Oh man, it's it's really good. The, personally speaking, I might get flayed for saying this. I like the TV series a bit more. No, oh, no, I've, that's what I've heard. Generally, um, I, I I love the TV series and I like the movie a lot. But the TV series is like oh, one of my favorite comedy series. It's very very good. Um, but yeah. It is really good. The movie, the the movie that came first, is is very very good as well. And I've heard good things about his about his Marvel movies, but I stopped watching Marvel movies when I realised I need to dedicate at least a tenth of my life to watching these to be able to understand them. And I'm not actually enjoying yeah. them. <laughs> I might enjoy one in twenty movies, but I don't want to keep up with all of this nonsense. Um, but yeah, he's a weird. I think the Incal is a maybe a better fit for him because that's got that real strangeness absolutely um and like the goofiness of it being like a space private investigator and everything like that which i think fits him really well um but akira i'm not too sure about akira to be perfectly honest um i think that was a bit of a strange a bit of a strange combination well, we'll see. These are all nice things to look forward to. Sometimes you think you look at what's coming for, and it's only uh, twenty-eight Marvel movies next year, and it's actually nice to have some things that yeah might be interesting. Yes, yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, what did I watch recently that was good? Oh, I watched the Candyman sequel that came out last year. Oh, how was that? Which was really good. It was very, very good. I heard it was good. Yeah, I heard mixed things about it, but a lot of the negative stuff I heard was from annoying incels on the internet who were angry that a movie series that's always been about social justice was about social justice. (laughs) Um, Yeah, the original, isn't it, like, really heavily about racism? It's incredibly... It's really about sort of... um, uh, it's, it's about the history of ghettos and the history of of how black people are treated in America. It's really intrinsic to 
the story of Candyman. And and the sequel really delves into it even better than the original does. Personally, I think it's probably a better movie, the sequel. Wow. Um, as much as I love the original Candyman, I think it's a really great horror movie. I think the sequel maybe does that element a lot better. Um, it almost feels like... Um, you know how Blade Runner 2049 was a brilliant sequel to the original Blade Runner without it feeling like a rehash. Yeah, Instead absolutely. Instead it built on the ideas of the previous movie. Yeah, it built something completely new and bigger than the original that was in many ways, that was almost flawless apart from Jared yeah. Leto. But I, <laughs> apart from Jared yeah, Leto. But I, I loved that film. I thought it was fantastic. And what it, it took everything that was good about Blade Runner and kind of amplified it, I guess. Yeah, exactly. And I, and for me, at least, I feel as though the Candyman sequel um, did that for Candyman instead of Blade Runner, where it feels thematically the same, but it expands things and it develops things in a different way. So it still feels really fresh. So yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was great. I know a lot of conservative people were angry that a, a horror movie series about race continue to be about race but um maybe those people should learn some some comprehension of media those people don't know how to read (laughs) you know maybe maybe people should think about 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 media comprehension and actually understanding what they're watching if those kids could read they'd be very upset (laughs) exactly speaking of of media comprehension sorry we've gone on complete tangents but i'm very excited about but it's all film related i think that's good this is kind of your general general film chat it's a general i mean there's not a lot we can say about just like heaven apart from it's a nice comforting movie with some good performances and you should all watch it um so let's let's talk about other other stuff um i had a game review of a very very good game and it is i think free to people who have netflix teenage mutant ninja turtles what was it? <laughs> Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, no, the Cowabunga Collection was a game review I had, which is very good. If you liked the old Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game, they made a compilation of them all. Um, and it's fun. So you can play all of those old Ninja Turtles games and it's good. I had a game called Immortality to review. And this is a a mystery where... You have footage from the making of three movies that were never released, and they all starred this same uh, actor, Marissa Marcel, who's a, a, a fictional actor. And essentially, she's disappeared, and you have to look at these three movies these bits of footage from these three movies and find out what happened. Oh, yes, I saw a thing about this. The day and I've heard that it's very good. It is one of the best games I've played all year, possibly the best game I've played all year. Um, it is initially just seems like a sort of straightforward mystery where you're looking at this footage and then piecing things together to try and work out what happened, and then something happens when you're looking at one of the random bits of footage that you pick out and you think, hmm, that's weird. And I don't want to say what it is because this is something that anyone listening. Um, you want to play this game. And I think if you've got Netflix, when they release it for mobile phones, you can access it for free through your Netflix subscription, oh, which I would okay. highly recommend doing. Um, providing I noticed the, the other day, when I opened Netflix actually to watch Just Like Heaven, a thing popped up and like, here's a bunch of games. And I'm like, Netflix, please. Leave me alone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they've got, they've got some rights to, to share some share games with people now, which is very odd. I've only uncovered 30% of the map on Bloodstain. Just let me, just leave me alone. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, the reason I bring this up now is, and and why it kind of fits into this, is that it's it's a game about the movie making process and the, the horrors that people go through to create films and the way that people are manipulated. And it does it in a really interesting thematic way. And it's all like non-linear, so you pick out these bits of um, these bits of footage across these three projects, how, whichever way you want. Um, and one thing that's done really well, which I haven't seen a lot of reviews talking about, apart from mine, because obviously I'm great. Obviously you're the best um, reviewer. <laughs> obviously I'm the best reviewer in the country, is that it has a really great understanding of uh, stylistic shifts between its eras. So one of the movies is in the late 60s, one of them's in the early 70s, and one of them's in the late 90s. And 
it does this really interesting thing where you look at that shift between the late 60s and early 70s and you can see the change from the the big movie production to that more auteur experience where the 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 second movie the one from the early 70s really feels like clute the um the donald sutherland um investigation movie i don't know if you've ever seen it no um it's it's one of like the the key iconic movies of that sort of generation of filmmaking and so it it pays really good attention to what filmmaking looked like in these different eras and i thought god that's such great attention to detail and you see that throughout the entire game but yeah it 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 has this big old shift which i'm not going to talk about because like i said people need to go into it fresh to really get the impact of it and it talks about things like the, the sacrifices people make for art the 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 monstrous things people will do on behalf of art all of that kind of stuff it, and it does it in a really clever way so yeah when that comes to your netflix subscriptions even though games are should not be part of netflix and it's stupid go and play this game because <laughs> it's really really good and <laughs> never played any the, the the guy who makes it um he's done several games that are kind of similar um but this one is different even from them and I promise you, you'll not have experienced anything quite like it before. Um, wow. So it's it's really, really good. I, I'm going to be thinking about it all bloody year, I tell you. It's it's one of those kind of games. That sounds really good. Um, no Mark Ruffalo, unfortunately. Well, that is a shame. We need to get Mark <laughs> Ruffalo in a game. That's what we've learned most on this week's episode. We need to get Ruffalo the game. Because they didn't get the Avengers people into the Avengers game. No. Um, no, it, it kind of felt like bargain bin versions of the characters. <laughs> oh, that's a shame. Um, where you looked at them and sort of thought, "Oh, okay." Um, these these kind of uh, it, it should it should be they they look like they should be the Marvel Cinematic Universe characters, but they're not quite right, and they don't have their faces or anything like that. So it comes across as really odd. Oh, so it's like the Incredible Bulk and stuff. <laughs> No, so they're still called the Hulk, but then when you look at the character model of the Hulk, it's like, it's sort of Mark Ruffalo, but not really Mark Ruffalo. The Incredible Bulk, Grey Panther. um... (laughs) So, yeah, um, whereas whereas the Spider-Man game that was that was released a few years ago they made it unique enough so that it didn't just feel like a a knockoff of the marvel cinematic universe version of spider-man right but the avengers game yeah it does just feel like we we wanted to get the rights to robert downey jr but we couldn't so here's his richard downplay senior (laughs) his iron butterfly exactly that's exactly. something else entirely um yeah just, just like kevin <laughs> i want to say that i think it i thought it was the right length and it was well paced i feel like we've yes, watched a lot yeah. of stuff especially having just watched a month of rob schneider all of those films the pacing was absolutely all over the place and this film it, it all everything worked and came at the right time although it's sort of the climactic bit it sort of suddenly became weekend at bernie's and you're thinking they're trying to steal a body are they really trying to steal a body and that's french that's the kind of thing that french people drop into that's the, into that's novels the it's like that's the french thing that's how you know it's french no but um that that kind of made me chuckle but i was a bit a bit silly and there's a bit uh, like yeah he then of course he kisses her and she comes back to life just after he's been like arrested and then they just let him go and it's like they would still have arrested him for stealing a body and impersonating a doctor but whatever it doesn't matter does it yeah, it, it does a silly climactic end to a, a rom-com situation here, which you, you have that suspension of disbelief where you think, yeah, this guy punched a security guard whilst trying to steal a body. He is going to prison. And impersonated a doctor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that's not going to go down well. Um, but uh, but yeah. It's... And they, they get just enough comedy mileage, I think, out of the setup where he's the only person who can see and hear her. Uh, so they go to the dry cleaners, they harass, harangue the guy about him selling her trousers. Then there's a bit where he saves the life of a choking man under her instruction, which is quite a nice little conceit, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it works well. It's, it's Randall and Hopkirk deceased kind of thing, isn't it? <laughs> Ruffalo and Witherspoon deceased. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 
Oh, I always look for any excuse to make a Randall and Hopkirk deceased joke, and you got, you beat me to it. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I beat you to it. No, that's um, but good. yeah, no, you're right. They they get the they get just the right amount of mileage out of that as a sort of comedy setup, don't they? Um, and you're 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 right as well that this this movie, gosh, it's nice to watch a competently made film after watching four Rob Schneider movies back to back. Yeah, where this it just feels in many competent. ways the perfect palate cleanser. Yeah, yeah. Um, it just feels like it's been done correctly, which is so nice. Um, what's interesting is that this movie didn't do too well with critics, though. Oh, interesting. The Philadelphia Inquirer referred to it as a groaningly awful romantic comedy. The Chicago Tribune said it was a huge waste of talent and time. A romantic comedy that is neither romantic, comedic, super, or natural, which I think is very mean. That's the journalist trying to be clever. That's bullshit. It says yeah, here, Roger a... Ebert, Richard Roper, and A.O. Scott all gave it favourable reviews. I don't so, know who A.O. Yeah. Scott is, but I like him now. I, um, I approve now. Yeah. <laughs> Agreeing that the plot had logical flaws that were somewhat overcome by good dialogue and characterization, which I would say is fair. Yes, yeah, I think that's fair enough. Yeah, no one's watching this going, oh, but how come she couldn't pass through a wall at that point? Nobody cares, like, apart from journalists. <laughs> <laughs> apart from journalists. Yeah, so it, 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 yeah, it, um, it didn't do too well with with critics overall, but it did do well with audiences, and audiences kind of enjoyed it, which is nice. Yeah, but bo- bo- well budget fifty eight million, box office one hundred and two point nine million. Yeah, so it got you can't double. argue with that. So yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a good movie. I enjoyed it. It is. It's it's a nice concept. It's it's different enough that you're not just watching another kind of odd couple rom com, isn't it? Even though you can you can see where it's going, and you. You're hoping for the cheesy thing to happen and then it does, aren't you? Which is actually quite satisfying. Like you're going, go on, kiss her and she'll wake up. Yeah, it happened. And then at the end, go on, go up, go up to the, his like cheesy, lovely roof garden and kiss him and then you'll remember everything. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's those kind of moments you're rooting for in this movie because it sets it up well enough that you don't mind the kind of cliched elements, I suppose. Yeah, exactly. Like, it is cliched, but it doesn't feel it because it's yeah, got in exactly. just enough kind of originality. It's got the French touch. <laughs> it's got the French <laughs> touch, but it's also got the earnestness that, yeah. that drags you along with it. Earnestness yeah. and good, very good performances, two leads and, who have and chemistry. Good performances, yeah. So that helps a lot. Yeah, no, it does. It does. It really does. Um, so yeah, is there anything else you want to say about uh, about this movie? Um, just that along the, back to the song, just like Heaven, there's a really good cover by Dinosaur Jr. as well. And then when I wrote that down in my notes, um, it auto-corrected it to Dinosaur HR. And I, I would <laughs> like to... I'm glad to hear that dinosaurs have human resources. Dinosaur oh, really, it should resources. be DR, shouldn't it? Dinosaur resources, yeah. <laughs> dinosaur resources, love it. That's what we need. So, you know, this is this is saccharin, isn't it? Yeah. But it's good. Yeah. It's good. It's good. So, you know, if you, if you don't like your rom-com sickly sweet, then it may not be for you. But if you generally like a rom-com, I think this is going to go down well. And if you haven't seen it, yeah, it's it's on Netflix. Yeah, go watch it on Netflix. It's a, it's right there. Easy to find. Just chuck it on and enjoy it. It's a real comfort watch, like a nice a nice cup of tea on a cold day. Yeah. That's what this feels like as a movie. And the cold days are coming. You know, it's going to be autumn soon. I can feel it. Not soon enough for my liking. Give me autumn, goddammit. Yeah, I want it now. I want, I want my pumpkin spice. <laughs> I want to be able to wear a jumper again. I miss wearing jumpers. Yeah, although, you know, my house is still full of pumpkins because my son loves pumpkins all year <laughs> round. But... It's always, always autumn in your house. It is, yeah. Did I tell you we grew a tiny pumpkin? Oh, so really? We had a planter. We planted seeds from last year's pumpkins in it and they grew. And like in like June, sort of May-June time... They grew so massive and so wild that they almost took over the entire garden. And then when we had the heat wave, they all like shriveled up. And then this tiny, tiny pumpkin appeared. Um, and like I was watering it and like trying to get it to to grow for ages and ages. And eventually, it dropped off. And then it was like it was about the size of a plum. And that was the one pumpkin that we got that we managed to grow. So the heat wave like oh. really weirdly accelerated it, but also killed it. It was, it was that's odd. really that's so odd isn't it yeah that's, wow so now we're going to grow some peas <laughs> there we go much better get some peas on the go yeah uh, so how how are we going to rate this 
Um, so before we do that, just a couple of things to call oh, out. Trivia. This was directed by directed by Mark Waters, who also did um, Mean Girls. Oh, okay. Um, and revisited a similar kind of thing with Ghosts of Girlfriends Past. Oh, I've not heard of that. Um, which is kind of like, um, it's sort of like, it's a Matthew McConaughey rom-com. And it's kind of Scrooge, but with girlfriend's spirits. Oh, I feel like I've seen half of this on TV when I was channel hopping. Um, yeah, so it's a similar, a, a vaguely similar kind of kind of situation. Um, but yeah, a veteran of doing doing these kind of movies. Um, did the he's all that movie that everyone hated last year? Oh no, I didn't know that existed. <laughs> the, the, the and now I know that she's all that, that everyone everyone despised. Um, <laughs> But just one other bit of trivia, though. So this movie, um, Mark Ruffalo wore an earpiece to get his lines from Reese Witherspoon in certain scenes to try and make it seem like the situation in the film where he has to relay the messages to other people. Yeah. Which I thought was a, a good way of doing it. That makes sense. So, so yeah, that's that's the another bit of, of, of good trivia I thought would be good to share. Um, but, yeah, how are we going to rate this? Um, how many doctors are in comas annoying you in your apartment? I've I've got a few. I've got 14, 14 doctors all standing around. They, oh, they're in my yeah. fridge. <laughs> Fourteen doctors in my fridge. I'm just going to go. I'm just going to go one higher and go for fifteen. Um, this is a nice little film. I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, it's nice. This is this is what we like. So, what have we got next then? Uh, well, it's been hard to choose. So, I'm going I'm to let you choose by actor. So, oh. We're going to have Eric Banner, Heath Ledger, okay. or Tobey Maguire. Um, I'm going to go Tobey Maguire there. Oh, good choice. So in which case, we are going to hit Spider-Man. We're going to do the, the first oh, of his. Oh, amazing. We're not going to do them all. We talked about doing them all at one point, didn't we? But I think let's just do the first one. I think let's it deserves do the first its own one. episode, yeah. doesn't it? It does. It does. And then we can move on to the other ones if we want to. So Spider's Men, when was it? 2001, 2002, around then? Yeah, something like that. Something, something like that. that. The Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. It's not called The Spider-Man or whatever, <laughs> as they do it now. They're running You've out got Spider-Man, The Amazing Spider-Man, and then the other ones are called like Spider-Man Far From Home or Homecoming and stuff like that. Uh, yeah. Or Into the Spider-Verse, although that makes more sense because it is about the Spider-Verse. Yeah. That's right. No, Which, those, have those you are seen all... Into the Spider Verse? No, is that I've seen. We saw about three quarters of one when it was on TV the other day, and I don't know which one it was, but I really enjoyed it. Was and it I the was animated? No, no, that that's the Spider's Verse one, isn't it? Yes. No, yeah. this was Tom Holland and Zendaya on holiday in in somewhere that looked like Europe, and there were spider things happening. Um, it was good. Yeah, they're they're okay. The Spider. I think this is the second most recent one. Far from home or no way home. I'm not sure which one. I think it, it was far from home. They're was, decent little movies. I I just wish he was um, not this will home. be the last bit of this will be the last bit of Spider Chat. I just wish that they were more focused on Spider Man rather than the wider Avengers Marvel Cinematic Universe story. Where like yeah. I like Spider Man just as being a little cheeky spider boy. I don't need to know what his relationship with Iron Man is. Yeah, I don't care about any of that stuff. Jake Gyllenhaal was in it, being being some kind of mean guy. He's I didn't like that. Mysterio. Yeah, I didn't care for that. Man. I just enjoyed the the spider fun. <laughs> um, yeah, and that's the, the yeah that's what I mean. That's what's great about the the, the first Spider Man movie. So, I'm but anyway, yeah, so the Tobey Maguire one came out when we were like thirteen, and I it was on at school all the time. We had the DVD. I watched it all the time, and I loved it. So, and I haven't watched it in a long time, so very, very keen to revisit it. I'm keen to revisit the, the song from Chad Kroger. Um, There's also that, yeah. <laughs> and the guy and from Saliva. that a hero can save us. Not gonna stand here and listen to a podcast. <laughs> that's, that's, that's my intro for next week sorted already. There you go. There we go. Brilliant. All right. Well, thanks a lot for tuning in. If you did watch Just Like Heaven, really hope you enjoyed it. And if you didn't, go go watch it. Um, it's on Netflix. It could be a nice one for a lazy weekend coming up. Yeah, definitely. Great movie for that kind of thing. 
You can find us on Twitter at Big Boys Don't Pod. You can email us bigboysdon'tcrypodcast at gmail.com. There is a link in our show notes to our virtual tip jar, and we'll be back next week to talk about Spider Man. Alrighty. See you then. Bye. Bye.